0: Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today, we are talking about going back, going back to school, those dirty words, (laughs) or if you're like us, those excited words because Mm -hmm. mama needs a break. All right, so stick with us while we talk about how we um, prepare and transition and just get ready for that back-to-school year. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together... This community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right, all right, all right. Guess who's back? Back again.
1: You just went from School's Matthew. Back. You just went Ella from friend, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> to Eminem. <laughs> I
0: mean, you got to have the best of all worlds, right? Um, okay, we're going back to school. This is good. This is good. Right, I'm here for yep. it. I'm here for it. So this is good. There's a little anxiety, a little, a little bit for 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 me, anyways. There's a lot of it. Shannon's me. probably cool as a cucumber. Gene and I oh, are, yeah. Are and and Brittany is not with us today, you guys. So um, just uh, it's just the three of us. Um, but yeah, it it talking about anything, any little change, right? We've had all summer off and got into that routine and groove and and now we're we're transitioning back into the school year. What the heck do we do? How does it look? What are we doing? Are we losing our
1: minds? Should we talk about the way we picture it being and then what we actually follow through with? <laughs> <laughs> Like we walk in with this very solid plan and then we don't do any of it. And then it's a nightmare. We could talk about that. No, it's that's a nightmare. Let's okay. tell
0: our listeners. It's not a nightmare. <laughs> you guys will speak for yourselves. Oh yeah, I had a great
2: year this year. But oh like, It is a
0: nightmare. <laughs> man. Oh
2: man. For three years, I would say, you know, oh. this year was a bright spot, but it was still hard and arduous, but for different reasons. And I will break that down once we get into the yeah. conversation. But yeah. Let me tell you, it it was, it is not, even though you're like excited to be like, okay, now I can like move over to this new continuity, right? I don't know, man, we're going to talk about it.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, with everything in our lives, in our kiddos' lives, you know, it's, it's you know hope for the best and and prepare for the worst. It's things are going to happen and nothing's going to go perfectly how we think it is and we can do all of the perfect preparation and you know the little poop emoji is still going to happen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um yeah, Let, let's talk about how we can how we can possibly <laughs> prep for comfort.
1: Mm. Well, I'll tell you like the first thing I have to do with Gracie is the minute summer starts, she's like, "Oh, I get to sleep in." And then the mornings yeah. are very slow. Like, you know, she sits on the couch, That's she slow, watches TV. Yeah. she so I have to start waking her up early, like two weeks before school starts because otherwise, yeah. the morning is just a complete crap fest. It's so yeah. bad. So K-chaops, like, yeah. Yeah, trying to just get into a little bit of a quicker routine in the morning so that, like, when that first day comes, it's not shocking, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's that's a definitely habit.
0: that's a huge, huge thing for us because um, especially in the summertime, we start letting the kids go to bed not, l- like, too much later than their regular school year um, bedtime, but it is a lot more chaotic, if you will, because we're – it's summer, you know, it's warm. It's, you're, you're going out and you're doing things and, 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 um, you know, you're having movie nights or whatever and, and staying up a little bit later. So, you know, both that nighttime and that morning time routine, at least two weeks, you know, to, to prepare yourself. Um, um, Unless you have a child like Jack, who just it doesn't matter what time he goes to bed, he will be up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a good one. That is a good one. Jean, what about what about you guys? Do you tell us a few of your? So it has must haves. It
2: has presented to be various different scenarios for us for the past three or four years.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
2: now. I do what Shannon does too, right? I always examine right when when do I need to look at how I'm going to adjust the, you know, their inner clock Just um, schedule, yeah. To get to to hopefully make that morning transition period to school a little bit smoother. Um, mm-hmm. I would say in general it it does take about Four to six weeks for for Rory to acquisition. Um, It wasn't until really this school year that we had the smoothest transitions into going into school in the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. That used to be quite a battle and opposition of just getting him through the door. Um, We've had. And I, so I think it's important to talk about different set of circumstances, right? So wherever you are on your journey, right? Um, After our first year of mainstreaming Rory, and then we ended the year in in a non-agreement on his last ARD, which was in Texas, the IEP. Mm -hmm. Um, I, then we were supposed to go to mediation in which we did and even in the mediation we did not come to an understanding um what i was thirsting for clarity on which was okay so school is starting in 3 days cuz we had like the, the mediation like 3 days before school started i need to know which iep we're working off of cuz i wasn't sure yeah since i didn't sign off on the last one i me I was trying, I mean, the whole entire summer I was asking that question and I kept wanting to know what's the contingency plan if we don't agree? What is the contingency plan if we don't agree? I can't tell you how no one could make that clear to me. Um, And so Mm -hmm. everything I was doing to try to prepare um, and even the things that I was trying to do, which was please notify me when you find out exactly who my child's teacher is going to be. Um, all of those things, the proper prompts, anything I could have done to possibly make for a smooth transition that year, it was not happening. It just, it wasn't, I was definitely still doing all the right things. And I will till this day still recommend doing and taking those steps. But there was staff was unable to, you know, follow through with, with that, Um, And then it got to be in another situation where there was another fire drill that they were dealing with, and I'm using that as like a metaphorical sense fire drill. um, (laughs) That all of a sudden they had an explosion in enrollment, and then you had the school busting at the seams, and there weren't even enough seats or rooms to put kids kids butts in. You know, like there Mm -hmm. just wasn't right, and so that was also really overwhelming. So in the meanwhile, there was things. In his, there were things that in his IEP that should have been set up that at least we at least agreed upon at, at a minimum, you know, or maximum or whatever that were not ready, right? And it really required me to be on my toes, alert, and really aware of what is going on because at that point, too, Rory's language repertoire was still very, very low. Um, he was barely, he was still, I would consider non-speaking at that point. And so there was even no way. My child was, I was leaving him in duress those first couple weeks of school, which was really, really hard. We had really hard, I was trying, we were trying to plan for transition plans with the staff. And I do, now that I'm more seasoned and now that we mm-hmm. went through. And I'm going to just skip over an, a big part and jump back. But walking into this year, those transition plans were in place. Um, right. We had another big hurdle, which was there was the previous school year. Rory did not attempt. He was not enrolled as a student in the school district based on an agreement between the district and, and us. And so my plans for transitioning him into the new school year was like basically a whole year long plan for preparing him trying to, because this is key to understand, especially for newly diagnosed families or anyone that could even be walking this similar path that, that we've had to in terms of like grievances or litigious, anything with the school district is if you, you still need to educate your child. Right. So, but, anything with your healthcare providers, technically they're not allowed to adopt educational goals and make them, um, medical targets in your child's private treatment plans. So basically we had to like find the work around that. I was still taking Rory's IEP that we had and working with his care providers and saying like, here are the IEP goals that would have been set for this school year, this current one that we would be in. I still want him to be prepared because he will be reentering in as a second grader. And we need to know like, and and that was a whole waged effort that took a lot of energy, diligence and constant mitigation and, and, and advocacy even with the health insurance company to, to get them to say like, Hey, this kid isn't even in school. I, I need more hours. You know, we had decreased Mm. hours originally because he was in school. Well, we, now he's not in school. I need those hours back. He's still eligible. Um, so there was lots, (laughs) there was lots of things in the balance and of, of how to prepare. So it's not just, you know, the whole, uh, looking at the supply list, man, I got to tell you, it's like low on the rung of priorities for me, because for me, I'm only, I'm looking at what is in his IEP, are the team's things in Mm -hmm. place? Are we ready to transition him? All of those things are in my real preparation. And then this was also the first year where McKenna and Rory got to attend the same school, together right mm-hmm. you know having my kids in the same same school so having a transition plan too for what to do when i'm dropping both of them off at the same time and what the aide has to do and those prompts there's all these other different nuances of little behaviors and environmental things i had to take into consideration in and planning for that and what to expect and people having people that were not novel to him yet. And because that's a big part of of things for him. So it's examining all of those little things. And it's it's almost impossible to conquer, anticipate every single thing. There's always an oversight. There just always is. And you're like, oh gosh, darn. I totally forgot about that, right? Even if you have a written Mm -hmm. checklist or whatever, there's always this thing that you don't go to because it's always to me, and is now it's just sizing up. What is the priority? You know, what is the current set of circumstances that we're faced with? And what are the things I can prioritize? Because there's no way I can check every single box before he goes into box, school, yeah. it, but by myself, yeah, by myself, it does have, you right. need that you need that cohesion and collaboration with your with your school team if you can get it. And I and I got to tell you, it was four years in the making, man. I finally got it. It's great. Uh, it is. No, I know it's possible. I want that to be possible for other families, but I also understand that for some, it is. It hasn't been possible yet, or mm-hmm. um, they may not be possible right now, and so my my advice would be is to keep pursuing what you still know to be a priority for your for your particular child. And obviously their needs change too. That's the other thing, the growing and developing, mm-hmm. our children changing, physiologically changing and maturation, all those still things taking place, those play a part too. So it's not like this, you know, again, that goes back into yeah, this the circumstance. Perfect. There's not this, yeah, mm-hmm. there's not this cut mold for, you know, these are these are the things that we need to do every it changes, it evolves. And that's a lot of mental planning uh and decision making for us as parents, which really falls to the main caretaker and in most cases, majority of cases
0: is the mother. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, we will create a list, you know, just as a little, a little checkoff um, for anybody who's kind of new out there and and maybe you're just going into the elementary um schools or you know, it's only maybe it's the second year, you're going from kindergarten to first grade, whatever it might be, um, of just ideas that you can do. But definitely reviewing if you already have that IEP set in place, definitely reviewing the IEP from the former and from the previous school year rather, um, and, and kind of having your, you know, wherewithal of, of, of what your goals are, what they will be working on. And, and I will say when you first get into the beginning of that school year, you know, a, um, a couple weeks in call an IEP meeting, you know, it can be, you know, a little bit more informal. Um, if you don't have an IEP you know, an IEP meeting until, or the, the, what am I trying to say, Gene? the, um, the annual, your actual date, your the annual. annual, um, IEP meeting, maybe that's not even until, you know, mid school year or whatever. So know that sure you did. can call that IEP meeting right away within those first couple, couple days, two weeks of school right. or a couple days. But I would say, you know, let them right. maybe get a little bit of the, the team get a little bit of their bearing, you know, they'll probably have right. a new, um, SPED teacher. They'll, you know, t- depending on the program that the child is in, um, what, whether it's an integrated program or not, they will have their homeroom teacher let them get a feel for oh, each other. You know, I will. Um, I will say this: the year
2: that the first year that I talked talk to you, where I was that storyline that I was giving y'all about, yeah. you know, the fire drill that turned out, it actually was an emergency situation. I had to call an emergency yard because there was no aid for my yeah. child. There was supposed to be someone transitioning my child at that front door that was built into his IEP, right? Yeah. So if there's a specific thing in the IEP that is actually regarding even transitioning, having your child in the school building, I I couldn't allow for that two weeks. We needed to have, it was an urgent meeting and we need to have this resolved, especially if they were unable to do it outside of that committee because it it needed to happen.
0: I, I mean, I... I will say with that, you know, in 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 the like transportation um portion of the IEP or if you if you even have that um or, you know, the the two weeks before school starts when you hopefully will be finding out, you know, your child's teacher and their aid and all of that to request, you know, to come in before um back to school night and have just a quiet um meeting of of Your child's team, right? The the everybody, you know, if they're doing OT, if they're doing speech, if they're their homeroom teacher, their sped teacher, um, you know, their aides, because they more than likely have more than one aide, you know. Um, So having that set in place and and allowing them to come in and meet their team in in a quiet um, setting and situation and to see the different areas if they have not. you know if they're if they're if they're moving classrooms or if they'll be in a different bedroom whatever it might be um and then and then having that transportation portion set up you know there are some of you out there who um you know you have the capability of of transportation you know um your child riding the um special needs bus um i don't know if that's what it's called forgive me and not knowing the, that language but um You know, and having that set up and having them, sometimes they can even come and do um, a a drive past your house so your child can see, oh, that's right. This is, we're back riding the bus again. Or if they have not rode the bus at all, this will be the first time riding it um, that they can get on and see, um, you know, what that will possibly look like. I think Um, for that language, Tosh, I think at least in our district,
2: I think what they do um, Rory's never done bus transportation. Um, but, uh, right. but he, they're called our essential students. Cause like in Shannon's, um, district, they're called bridge. So I know for like mm-hmm. our high, some of our schools, they have mm-hmm. a set different entrance, um, to allow for unloading and loading, um, those particular students. And they'll, I mean, they just, it's essential essentials, transportation services or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, yes. that's where you may find where that vernacular may be messed in, uh, mixed in there. I do. Different. And I will yeah. say this yeah. has, is a huge deal for us is we request to come when they do the meet the teacher night, you know, when they're about to throw school back into session, we request to come earlier before everyone else, if they can set that extra time. So that way it's not. hmm Cause if you, overwhelming. Yeah. if it's, if it's going to have the demand is going to be that everyone's going to be in the room, that doesn't work for Rory. Um, this year mm-hmm. they specifically, we came on a different day. So we didn't even yeah. do that particular like activity, even though, honestly, I think they did it formally over online still, because we were having a surge at that time for this past school year, but he still needed that extension. Uh, opportunity to be in person, in front, and then actually physically in the room and in the space by himself. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. And 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 you know, each of you out there, you know your child, you know what their, um, you know what what their comfort level is with that, and what what their you know sensory processing is. Um, it, but but do know that you can request to have that, and they should. <laughs> And hopefully will cater to those, um, to those needs, to those to being able to have that one on one quiet. Whether it's the the night of the um, back to school night, or it's the you know the week before. Um, It's in the best interest of But it is something to
2: if you people want selling points for that. It's in the best interest of the staff and the rest of the student body because once everything is in motion and happening in real time, knowing what that transition is going to be like for our kids is going to help them with the, the thing at large here. So.
0: Yeah. 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 So what are some, what are some little things that, that, um, that you girls do for, for the kiddos? Like, you know, um, we, I mean, we've talked a little bit, obviously about getting our routine back in place a couple of weeks before school starts. Um, you know, what are, what are some things that you do little, like it could just be, you know, buying a book, talking about the grade that they'll be entering and, and reading that, you know, for the couple weeks before, um, and, and talking about it, or maybe your child is like, that's overwhelming and overstimulating. And so we don't, we're just, we're just going to roll into that grade. You know, um, what does that look like for you guys? What have you
1: so for Gracie, we will talk about school. I'll start bringing mm-hmm. it up again. Mm-hmm. Luckily, her school is right by our house. So we drive by it all the time, too. You know, so it's like we can point it out and going back to school, you know, in two weeks, Gracie. And um, it's kind of like, you know, we took Gracie to the dentist, you know, this week. And it's, you know, a few days before just talking to her about Gracie. We're going to the dentist and they're going to brush your teeth and they're going to count your teeth and just kind of mm-hmm. walking through it with her. um. But not so much that she's like, okay, lady. I get yeah. it. They're going to count my teeth, right? Like, ah. um, So, you know, we do, we do do that and just sort of talk to her about it and how it's going to be so good to see our friends again. And, um, you know, Gracie loves her aids, So that sort of yeah. thing, just talking Getting about her that. Getting excited about, yeah. Mm-hmm. About yeah. going back, yeah. Exactly. And then, um, you know, taking her shopping, like, girl needs a new backpack this year. Her backpack is like on its last leg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But just taking her shopping and letting her help a little bit, you know, with her school supplies. And they kind of give you a pretty exact list nowadays. Um, But, you know, like letting her choose the colors of things and, you know, that sort of thing. And talking about the excitement about school while we're picking out those things, you know. We don't really do a lot of clothes shopping because we – in Arizona, it's like – February, March hits and it's like, we are stocking up on summer clothes then. Right. So yeah. she's usually got plenty of clothes by the time school starts. We don't have to buy clothes again until, you know, winter hits again. But, um, and I say winter very loosely. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are just some little things we do with Gracie. I do have to say, other than that, I don't really do a whole lot more, um, up until school starts, what I will do this year is kind of what you talked about, Gracie's IEP meeting. It's usually like end of January or early February. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'll be doing is scheduling a one-on-one meeting with her teacher, you know, a few weeks Mm -hmm. after school starts just to kind of go over things and see how are things going so far? And is there anything that I need to be aware of? And um, I also plan on doing check-ins much, much more this year with her teacher. So yeah, yeah, those are just some Had, things like that- having some kind of um, plan
0: set in place. Like this is how we are going to communicate with each other, you know, and this mm-hmm. is how often we are going to do it, um, and 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 setting that precedence beforehand, mm-hmm. just so there's no, mm. um, so that when we do come at them with. Okay, what's going on, you know, where you when they're losing that communication because, you know, let's be fair and honest, it's it can be overwhelming to be a teacher. Um, but also that we are that we expect that, you know, um setting up the keys for
2: for yeah, expectations yeah. and and boundaries yeah. are just like mm-hmm. that is gosh, that again that that's the big priority. Like that's that's the big number one priority for yeah. For me, yeah.
0: Um, and, you know, much like Lisa talked about in, in her um, IEP episode that we did, um, Lisa is our favorite IEP coach, if you guys don't know. Um, but just even doing, you know, sending an email, a letter, just talking about your kiddo, you know, talking about um, their likes and their dislikes and, and you know, um what they kind of thrive on in the sense of, you know, reward or behavior or whatever, all the things just sharing so that that teacher kind of has an idea, you know, and then, and then again, you know, those first couple weeks of school, they're getting to know your kiddo. Um, and, and they can kind of see what makes them,
2: yeah. you know, I mean, all, the, yeah. all about and, me and- page is so good. They're so good. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know that that's one thing I'll definitely implement this year in that, you know, Gracie is getting yet another teacher for Mm -hmm. (laughs) her bridge classroom. Okay. Yeah. For the special needs program, it seems turnover. is just so high. But, um, you know, things like Gracie does very well with first, then. So if she is having a little demand avoidance, you can tell her, you know, okay, Gracie, first, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will really sort of get her out of her, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Just her. Loop or. Hard-headedness. Yeah. She's yeah. just hard-headed, you know. Yeah. And she gets that from her mom. And um, it'll just no. help work through that. And that is something that's super helpful to know from the get-go, right? Yeah. Like, before I struggle for two weeks with this child, like, here's something that really works for her. Um, so just a, an all about me page that just really breaks it down. And Jean, I love how um, you had mentioned it previously. I don't even know if it was on a podcast, but attaching a picture to the All About Me page, Mm -hmm. you know, and just Mm -hmm. really like, this is me. I am Gracie. And these are all of the things about me that you should know um, just to really humanize it. It's not just an email. It's not just words on a paper, you know. Yeah.
0: We, um, our district is good about doing all, and all, you know, grades and children, but doing, um, having that kind of all about me page, you know, and it's just a little bit more basic. So I would always just say, even if they do have that, do something more extensive, you know, talk about all the things, um, that can either upset or excite or all of it, you know? Um, yeah. So there
2: are some, like, you can take, you know, like on Pinterest, you can find um, some really good examples for many kids that have other medical comorbidities and what those families mm-hmm. have done um, as an example to kind of give you a thumbprint of what you could um, use for yourself or adopt into or make or make it your own. Um, so you're not reinventing the wheel of like, well, what information should I plug in? What things should I be thinking about? And sometimes you don't know it until you're in those rooms. I will say, Shannon, you also pointed out something that's really, really important in terms of planning for the school year, which is you a very important topic, um, which is the turnover um, is that is the change of of the human beings, you know, educating and supporting our children. Um, it, unfortunately, it's it's just like. What what comes with the territory these days and the landscape of education being where it is right now and it changing and being so fluid Mm -hmm. because there's so many educators fleeing from this field, you know, our advocacy is even more essential because those teachers that are filling those positions need us more. I know it feels like, oh my gosh, you're asking me to do more.
0: Yeah. How can how we, could, so, yeah, that yes. possible, but
2: <laughs> it, it is going to require more cohesion and partnership with those educators because they, I mean, ed, special education, education across the is, is everybody's in budget cuts uh, yeah. and it's impossible to right. adjust and balance the budget without touching people. And I know that from being a trustee and it's, that's going to hurt our kids It's going to hurt our kids and you, it's just a fact. It's not no one, the school district. And I know it's hard to not fathom. A lot of people are like, take it personally. Like, Oh, they're doing this to us, man. Everyone, we, nobody wants, I don't know an educator, a leader, anybody wants who is in education wants to do this, but we're going to have to do it. And, and what we are asking is. You know, I'm wearing both hats here. You know, I know it's going to take more involvement from me as a parent, and I know it takes more involvement now as me as a leader because of my staff, our staff, is struggling, and our kids. You know, and I want whatever I can do to support them. And it's, I sounds, I know it sounds like more of like a ask for us, but it's just, it's just what is, and so it's something that, and I'm, and I'm bet you those teachers will be willing then to do more for our kids because we're more willing to do show up more and be supportive of them. Why also yeah. it's not saying like they are going to, they have permission to shorthand or shortchange our kids here. Cause that's, that's not what I'm saying. It's just being aware that it's a, the landscape is changing and it's becoming challenging for, for everyone. And it's going to become a, sh- a strain. Um, and we, you know, but in but a part of that is becoming an educated parent and knowing how to apply the information that we're 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 getting thrown at us constantly. The information like what we need to do and and to prepare, how to navigate these systems. And so many of our conversations that we've had now with Lisa and Aaron, and and now with Catherine mm-hmm. and Michael. These are those are great people who are online have these resources that will help teach you how to apply and not, and navigating this what taking the taking that knowledge and applying it um, for so we can show up to advocate for our kids in this capacity with a little more ease and more confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. And and we want a, a good working you know relationship with with our kiddos teams. You mm-hmm. know, we, we we have expectations, but but we also want to um you know to have the, it to be a good relationship for everybody. Um our kiddos the most. Um and, and so having just that extensive, you know, line of communication, but also of support. You know, like you're saying, Jean, it's the the turnover rate is high because of
2: what's happening.
0: All, a byproduct all the, of yeah. the
2: stress of the pandemic has put such yeah yeah larger stress on the culture inside of schools. The government has made schools a battleground. Yeah. Teachers' yeah. jobs and being a teacher and shouldering what you have to shoulder now is like it's almost like seems like this impossible job to do well when you're really supposed to be there for well, the student.
0: <laughs> and and you know even even just the transition of um of you know, the, the SPED program of going from grade to grade, right. You know, you, you might have the same, if you don't have a high turnover rate, you might have that same SPED teacher for kindergarten first, but then it's going to change for second and third grade, you know, and, and, um, if it hasn't changed every <laughs> every single mm-hmm. year, um, which it has for us, but, you know, so just kind of having that, that plan of action of, um, how do we make this the most comfortable for our kiddos that, that, generally speaking, struggle a little bit with, with change. You know, how can we go into this to, you know, give them comfort and ease in transitioning into not just a new um, grade level, but um, you know, the possibility of an, an entirely new team. Um, So yeah. Um, Any more tips or tricks we did? We talk about social stories. Well, I was going to say that
2: that? is something that
0: we did that this year
2: that was, I think, made a world of difference for
0: Lori. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like doing the social story, obviously we can, um, you know, create the social story. We can go to the school and take pictures. We can, um, you know, put it, and on a nice laminated, whatever. Um, but even just that, like Shannon said, if you have the capability, if you are close to, um, the school that your child will be going to just drive, you know, driving by and, and, or going and playing on the playground just for them to kind of have an idea of where they're going to be at and, and, um, just acquiring that comfort level for them. So that's solid. I, uh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you girls can think of? Um
2: how about I think that's... how about preparing yourself as the parent mentally?
0: Oh yes, we have that that might be the biggest thing.
1: Wait, I mean... so do you mean preparing preparing myself like making sure I have bottles of champagne at home waiting for yes. me? Yes. Is that what you yes. mean by preparing? Well, I have to this I've year, already bought them.
2: This year I did have to examine. I was like, not time yet to cut out the anxiety med. We're not going to taper back on that just yet. We're going to keep it right there. Let's see how these first six weeks goes. And then we'll reassess, you know, um, because there is so much,
0: you know, it, and I mean, depending on, you know, who's out there listening and, and, and how you are as a person, but, um, (laughs) I think speaking for Jean and I, <laughs> um, you know, transition for us is is very hard, and it and it brings on a lot of that um, anxiety, and and we possibly have a harder time navigating it through it calmly without medication. So um, at least now, so do <laughs> yeah, so do think about that because it, you know we we are going into again, it's the, the change is hard. We're going from. You know, I don't know, the dog days of summer or whatever it's called to to okay now we're we're things are getting tight and scheduled and um and and then it's just the unknown, right it is the unknown we're 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 mamas and we're we're mama bears, and we're we're nervous for what is the school you're gonna hold, right it's that anticipation of of all the things you know mm-hmm. um so if we can keep ourselves in <laughs> in check um you know our our children may not be feeding off of our right we don't want our
2: and anxiety to be adding to theirs Um, to their anxiety i also would like to make the statement in terms of the landscape of education and what patterns saw, saw across the u.s and i expect it to be almost similar not as severe as it was but behavior so specifically in children that already were expected to have behavioral issues was increased, but across the board behaviors um, at school were much more severe and serious and aggressive and assaults. And you had all of this happening because kids hadn't been in person, really, you know, and they hadn't been in a typical, you know, hasn't they had, had a full fledged typical, you know, chronological year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this second end of the school year, again, has been better universally. Um, But now we're going to summer break. I will also say that I'm sure there was still, we just, we had still a good percentage of parents that needed to do virtual because their children were too medically fragile to return. So you still, you may have, again, for a parent that is returning that their child was also still virtual this year, that transition from a virtual school expectation setting back mm-hmm. to being in person um is, could be hard and have, a lot. could have yeah. unexpected things because you're talking about, like you said, returning back to that very buttoned up rigor rigorous routine of school and schedule and it can you know it can be a lot to find equilibrium with for our kids and their processing centers um mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and ours as well too <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah. be
0: prepared for the unexpected <laughs> <laughs> Always mm-hmm. in this life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we will definitely, definitely be doing, um, you know, a kind of a kind of a loose little checklist for y'all, um, and and obviously this is going to look so, so different for everybody, right? Because it's dependent on, you know how long your child's had their diagnosis, where they're at in the process, what, you know, what grade they're in, what even school, you know, whether it's elementary, middle school, high school, whatever it might be. Um, it's going to look differently for everybody, but we will, we will put out some, some ideas, um, and just a little, some reminders that could be helpful to y'all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you girls? Can- There's
2: one more thing. I feel like it would be
0: oh, if Oh, she's always say got it. Them. Sorry, there is
2: one <laughs> more thing. While we were talking about, yes. we also we kind of touched on it, but the the pandemic and the implications of that have had also traumatic impacts on the way we do school. Period, and for our kids, and it there are a lot of families. Um. Of disabled children who did not get their, any of their IEPs fulfilled or whatever. And so there is a lot of, there could be working into a lot of, a lot of trauma. Um, and just being aware of that, if that is something that you are facing and you are dealing with and to be very, uh, make sure that The goals that you set for yourself as a parent, as a family, and for your child are attainable within the range of time based on, on where, where things are and realizing that there are kids that may have had a lot of setbacks, um, Mm -hmm. because of, because of that. So it's like, no matter how much you've prepared or what you would desire it to look like, it may not look like that and really have a, Do some self-reflection, do a post-mortem, look at where you're at, you know, size up, really look at that, look at what has been made in the IEP, what things, maybe things have we regressed, or maybe some things that we need to work on refinements um, for our kids again, and, and make, make them attainable. So it's not miserable, for returning back to school. If you are happen to be yeah. a family in that situation. Um, yeah. And I, you know, we, your mental health and everybody's mental health and phys as well as physical health is, is the main priority because we, nobody, a child cannot be taught if they are not happy, released and engaged. So um, right. I, yeah, I wanted to make sure it's like, I didn't want to, I know that, right here, we have been blessed to work through a lot of these hardships that the pandemic brought our particular families. But I know that that is not the case for everyone. Yeah, and not. yeah, not uh, I yes. wanted to be able yeah. to speak to any of those folks that may be listening to that and mm-hmm.
0: hearing that. And I mean, you know, the, the IEP is it, they're hard to understand, you know. They are hard to understand. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. And um and and again, you know, that that is is your child's everything. That is your child's ticket. And 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 they have to follow through with that. So if you are unsure about any of it, if you, you know, reaching out to a seasoned parent, you know, if you have the capability of having, um, like mentorship program, like Jean is involved in, um, but having a refresh of your child's IEP and then knowing that, you know, absolutely let's call something early on and, and, you know, circle the wagons and, and everybody be on the same page. Um, cause I think especially they do the testing within the first, they try what is it, the first two months of school, right? Yeah.
2: Uh, I think with, for us, yeah. it has to be within the first, the, and district districts can also set. So either there's a state standard or there's a national one, right? Or yes, the districts can set their own and if they can say, you know, within the first 30 days, and I know with the return specifically with like ESSER funding and things, they really wanted to get all of those assessments done here within, you know, the first, the first 30. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, so if I would say so checking in to see when that testing is going to be done and then, you know, calling an IEP you know, to see where your child's at. Let's talk about, do we need to change our goals? Do we need to, um, you know, what, have they regressed? Are they, have they, you know, is this goal not, you know, applicable to them anymore? Whatever it might be, but just understanding um, that a little bit better. and Again, knowing that you have the power, that is your child's golden ticket, if you will. <laughs> Right. And, and they have to follow through on it and everybody has to be in agreement, you know. So, um, yeah. Yes. That is all I have to say about that.
1: Well, and I think, too, like when you guys hear this, make sure you're following us on Instagram because... We all live in different states. So, our back to school is staggered. So, like, right. I'll probably go first with Gracie, and then Jean will go with her kiddos, and then Brittany and then will Brittany. go. And, and then, then Natasha. Tosh will go. Um, <laughs> oh, we're so cute. And I know. That's so, cute. And then, so, you know, you guys can kind of see, like, what are the things that. You know, since Gracie and I and Jean, you know, and her kiddos will go first. Like, what are the things that maybe are working for them or what something that they did that absolutely did not work at all? We would love to also be your example of a huge yeah. So anyway, and, and, that and we, we can will help talk, out. We'll talk a lot
0: about it on Instagram. So everybody has that, you know can can see and okay oh yeah that's right, I need to I should do that or you know mm-hmm. whatever um, yeah, from still. from the from the biggest meatiest things to even just the small little whatever you know yes taking them to target to pick out their favorite snack for their lunchbox or whatever um yeah. Okay. (laughs) Buckle up, everybody. (laughs) It's about to get real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're going back. Mm. Um, All right, you guys. That is it. And again, we will put in the show notes just um, maybe a little checkoff list. But like Shannon said, make sure and follow us over at our Instagram page at Moms Talk Autism. um, And we will be sharing all the things in post and and stories and all of that. Um, And then don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast player.
1: Because we love you.
0: Good luck. And may the forces be with you.
2: (laughs) Forces, Yeah, all the forces, every single one of them. (laughs) All right. Uh, We love you.
0: All right, you guys have a great day.
1: Bye guys.